You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Lisa Winicky. She is creator of the Wholehearted Woman Method, a speaker, author, and a human connector. And we're going to talk to her about really what it means to lead with heart and your whole heart. And how does that show up in your life? And how does it show up in business? How does it show up as someone who is leading a company, leading people? And you know, how does that play in? And I think it's something we, we've touched on lightly in various aspects of this program, as we've talked about what does it take to lead and what does it take to scale a company. But I'm curious about really doing a deeper dive in it with Lisa. She's done some really interesting work and has some really interesting ideas. And, and I'm excited to have this conversation. So so with that, Lisa, welcome to the uh-huh. program. Thank you, Bruce. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for yeah. having me on. Oh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, and for those that can't tell, Lisa's out of, uh, <laughs> out of Australia. And, and, and it's, I think it's 6 a.m. for her right now. So I appreciate <laughs> making the time zones work and uh, having the energy to do this. I love it. Actually, I've been in conversation mostly with people in the States. So I'm very used to getting up early. In yeah. fact, a few weeks ago, I was up at 3 a.m. And that was Jeez. an exception. That was an exception. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Well, I appreciate it. So before we dig into kind of what you're doing today uh, in terms of leading and working with leaders and helping people kind of really connect with their heart as they do the work that they're doing, what's the backstory? Like, how did you get into this? What was, what was your journey? Tell us, the, uh, tell us the story you've been through. Oh, well, a, a very short version is that as a young, as a, as a teenager, I was very disconnected. And I think we've all got some form of story, very disconnected from myself, very disconnected from who I was, what I wanted in life, what I enjoyed. And so it has been a journey of almost 15 years in reconnecting and coming back. And this is why I'm so passionate about the work that I'm doing is it's not necessarily fast circuiting that, but actually giving people the tools and the wisdom and the knowledge that's taken me all of that time to reconnect and come back to knowing, not only knowing who I am, but embracing, embracing my entire humanity and loving myself back to a state of wholeness, wholeheartedness, which is where this work came from. But more recently, two and a half years ago, I went to a retreat. I think we talked about it in a, a call a few months back with Dr. Joe Dispenza and I went into a three-hour meditation married and I I wouldn't say happily married. We were seeing seeing a psychologist but I came out of that meditation and I broke down because I saw something beyond my thoughts and senses. I connected to something greater and I saw my marriage for what it was and I wanted out and so... It was within six weeks we had separated and it was tumultuous. 
And it was a very challenging time because in the eyes of society, we had a good relationship. We had a great relationship to to the to the way it looked we had three kids we, we had a great lifestyle we were both you know um, successful in what we did but there was something deep inside me that I hadn't wanted to connect it to because of the fear the fear of making such a huge courageous plunge and step into something that I didn't know and I you know we all know that the greatest fear for so many of us is the unknown <laughs> we want mm-hmm. to know and so jumping into a place where I was a single mother with three kids was a courageous it was a courageous move but it was my whole heart that I accessed in that meditation and as I said it was beyond my thoughts and my senses which is the beauty of getting into such a deep state or to a state where we're in I call it a state of childlike awe and wonder where we can access our intuition we can access the information that's always available to us but that isn't when we're in a a state of um, fight or flight yeah. I mean, I, so I, I mean, I just find this stuff comes up so much. These particularly, you know, these kind of hyper productive, hyper successful people. I mean, honestly, this happened to me. <laughs> I went mm-hmm. through a divorce and the whole thing. And, and you get so focused on certain kinds of goals and accomplishments and objectives and being a certain way. And then at some point, like it, you realize it's not working or it's really not who you are. And then there's this kind of transformation process. I mean, is this, is this just sort of the state of the human condition or is this kind of a function of the certain kind of the society and culture and context that we live in right now? I and mean, what's, uh, what's your kind of a diagnostic of this? I think it's both. I mean, I, I believe the human condition is to, <laughs> to forget who we are to disconnect from the true the true essence of who we are in order to have our own unique journey in returning to that. And then with that, integrating the wisdom that's come from the experiences of disconnecting from our, whether you want to call it our heart, our soul, our inner knowing, our essence. And so we, we are each here to uniquely contribute back into the world the way that we have. And I believe this journey of us in returning to self is actually how we come back to contributing in a far greater way to, you know, to our communities, to our families, to our partners, to to the world at large. Yeah. And what's your take on kind of the business entrepreneurial world in terms of how does this show up there? Is it, is it more pronounced? Is it less pronounced? You know, I, I, we're dealing with a kind of a segment of the population that tends to be pretty intense, right? Like they mm. kind of wouldn't be entrepreneurs. They tend to be pretty risk tolerant as well, right? Like it, it's an interesting kind of slice of the population that are in this kind of, you know, early stage growth company uh, situation. Do you, mm. do you find that this is more prevalent or less prevalent? More prevalent that they're connected to self or le- just so I can clarify that. E- either way, yeah. Are they, are, they, are they more disconnected or more connected in general, would you well, find? Well, I'm going to say it's because the community I'm surrounded by and the people I'm in conversation with, they're very connected. Um, yeah. But at large, what I see in business and in entrepreneurship, no, they're not because they're so driven and so motivated to create something. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, and as I know, yeah. it, it's it's <laughs> it takes courage to choose oh, yeah. this path. And so, and often entrepreneurs feel like they're very much out on their own. And so, 
to take the time to re to establish a connection with self is actually the very thing we need to do because yeah. I'm sh my whole workspace and the way I work is changed so significantly. The amount of work that I need to do, the time that I need to put into my work has changed because I now have access to something far greater that is always delivering, always giving me information and the next right step for me. So um, I know I've brought it back to that, but what I'm saying is I think it's yeah. more needed. It's certainly in the in the community I have around me and the people I'm in conversation with and the people I bring onto my podcast there, they are very connected, but at large, no. And this is this is what I believe that the world is needing more is to live from that place, from, to live from that inner knowing, that inner wisdom, and to take action steps that are always aligned with not just our best selves, but everyone around us. Because when we are in alignment with self, we are actually acting for the greater good of our families, of our partners and community and workplaces. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, you know, every time I meet with a new sort of prospect or a new CEO that wants to grow and scale their business and I'm like, we start figuring out like, what, what, what do they want to do and what's the plan? You know, one of the first questions I ask them is why, like, why do they want to scale this mm -hmm. thing? And, and I would say, three quarters of the time, I get kind of a blank stare. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of this, I don't know. Well, why not? Like, cause I want to make money. I was like, eh, okay, but you know, mm -hmm. we can make money a lot of different ways. Like why, like what's the real motivate? Like when this is tough and you've got to really dig in and do the hard work and make really hard decisions, like money is not going to do that, right? There's got to be something bigger. There's got to be some other motivating purpose here. And I think it's around this idea of like, what is the, what is your interconnection to these things? Like beyond just status and, you know, making money and material things like what is the impact you want to have on the world and why is that important to you mm. i always find it a fascinating that i get so many blank stares and then mm. b the conversation that follows that you know has nothing to do with how to make lots of money in business <laughs> right it's about how to make some kind of impact mm. and this is the thing and i think this is why so many people get to i mean i'm i'm 50 this year why so many people men and women get to this this stage of their lives and they look around and they look at what they've created and according for many of us what we've created is equal to what we thought success would look like what we thought happiness would look like but we don't have it there's something lacking there's something missing and it is that connection to self and connection to being in contribution the only way that you've been here to, to contribute and the only way that I've been here to contribute that that is, you know, that calling, when we connect with our calling, and I think our calling can be many things, our calling can be a parent, a partner, and um, whatever we do in our work, work lives, but when we connect with that, that's when we find happiness, that's when we discover peace, that's what success is. Yeah, I love it. And let me ask you, just because I, mean, I know you work primarily with women, your system, wholehearted women method. How much of this, or what are the differences from a gender point of view on this? Like, do you find that there's sort of cultural or quasi-genetic kind of differences between men and women and how well or the process at which they connect with that and how they use that? What's your kind of experience to date on that? Well, I have only worked with a small handful of men and those mm -hmm. men have been selected by me based on them fitting this method or me being able to refine it you know, a small amount. So I can't answer that uh, wholeheartedly. I can't answer that. I would say it would be need to be refined 
Yeah, I'd say it, need, it would need to be refined. But the men that I've worked with, they are connected. They, you know, there's there's a desire to connect. Actually, what I'm interestingly what I'm finding is the women that I'm working with, because as they initiate into this archetype, this embodiment of the wholehearted woman, that then allows the men in their lives to step in or to recognise or realise or see what it is that they may want for themselves. And it also allows, it gives them the space because when a woman is in that place, in that embodiment of living from her whole heart, she wants that for her man. She wants that for her, the people that she works with, she wants that for her kids. So I am, interestingly, I'm starting to have the partners, the men in the lives mm-hmm. of the women yeah. that are working through that are reaching out saying, I, I want I, I want some, I want to know, I, I want to experience what I'm seeing my wife is now experiencing or my partner's yeah. experiencing. So that's exciting because I really do love working with men, but it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's particular men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I, I mean, I love this kind of work because I think it can start out feeling kind of selfish or you, you know, you're kind of focused on yourself and, and doing these things for yourself, but you ultimately realize that, that that's the greatest gift you can give other people, right? Like you, if you figure out your stuff, it gives it gives other people space to figure out their things, and then everyone's benefiting in the end. Oh, I mean, I, I could I could talk to my my ex husband, who I have a fabulous relationship with Good. now, and with my kids, who have seen the transformation in me making the step to leave the marriage, and it was, you know, as I said, it was tumultuous, particularly for my youngest, but now me being this way actually creates the space for them to show up. In their greatest places. I can hold space because as I hold more space for me in my imperfection, in my in all of my humanity, and I love that. I love that back to wholeness. That allows me to do that for for anyone that I come in contact with. And who doesn't want to be seen as themselves? Who doesn't want to have space held for themselves for them to be for them to step into their greatest, for them to reach their potential? So it's absolutely everything. But selfish, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is selfless because it requires a lot of energy and a lot of work to do this work, to initiate into living from your whole heart, which I'd love just to define because yeah, given that we're, please. you know, for anyone that's listening, is for me, and I'm sure a lot of people have read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She's amazing. And so when I came, kept coming through in my meditations, this idea of wholeheartedness, and I, as, as I was creating this body of work, I thought I'm not going to go back to that book. I will go back after I've completed this work just to see what her definition was. And it's similar but different. So it, it requires authenticity, like showing up. So who I am in this conversation is who I am in my conversations with my kids. I'm no different. Yeah. Vulnerability is a key part and it's being vulnerable first with self like meeting myself in all my vulnerability. And when I can do that, then I'm able to do that out in the, in the wider world. It's, being, it's choosing to be lit up. It's, it's following those impulses, those internal impulses. What is it that lights me up right here, right now? Where am I meant to put my attention and energy and focus? And who am I meant to be connecting with today? Like what's going to light me up? Because as I light myself up, I light the world up. I let light those around me and I give them permission also to light themselves up. Because I think as adults, I just want to just touch on this, as adults, we don't do this. We say, I'll go and do this holiday. I'll have this retreat. I'm talking day to day. I'm talking what lights you up. You know, these conversations, they light me up. So I choose to do more of those. If I didn't, I'd be saying no. So where we say yes to and what we say no to, and, and that essentially fills up that cup of, of how lit, lit up we are. 
and connection to self and connection to our intuition and contribution is a key part of living wholeheartedly. Because when we're living from our whole hearts, we are in deep contribution to the planet. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine it takes a lot of courage too. I mean, I just, I think my own experience and having worked with a lot of people kind of, kind of going through processes like this, there is a deep need to just kind of trust and trust the process and willing to do things without a super clear understanding of where it's going to go or what's going to get you. Mm-hmm. And that that's hard. It's hard for a lot of folks, particularly folks that are kind of in these, you know, highly successful business situations. And they, you know, because they're, they're incredible planners and they're incredible risk mitigators and they want to have, you know, everything kind of buttoned up and everything. And, and this is not one of those cases. <laughs> no. Like you, you have to trust the process on this. You know, trust the process and have a very clear vision. So this is the thing that I, you know, how I actually created a really great separation was through a very clear vision. And so I kept returning to that vision, how I created those, this body of work. I had a very clear vision of what it would feel like once I created the body work. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what it was yeah. going to look like. But but I kept connecting daily, often throughout the day, of how it would feel when I had when I had this body of work in the world, or when I had the separation. How would we both feel? How would the family feel? So I think to have a clear vision and then to allow and trust, knowing that if you're connected to your intuition, you're going to actually receive this information that's going to lead you in the greatest path, and you can't know that ahead of time. You can just know that in that moment. Yeah. And so let's talk about the process a little bit because, you know, I'm kind of, I'm curious what you've found in terms of the work that you've done and the people you've worked with. Is is this typically, you know, fairly dramatic and, you know, there's lots of change that needs to happen in in short term, like, or is this something that can happen over time? Like, what have you found in terms of, you know, helping people, you know, connect with themselves and then figure out how to apply that to really shape their lives and and where they're going? Mm. Well, the women that I work with, they are, they are deeply committed. So because of that deep commitment, they don't just come in and it's not just another program that they're doing. There's deep commitment to ensure that there is real change and the change is internal mainly. And, of course, that shows up in their, in their external world. But I have witnessed women changing their relationships with their children profoundly, uh, with, their, with their spouses the way that they, what they're choosing to do in their lives, that they're actually choosing something that they, that, that fills them up. And for women at this age, so many have let go of their dreams and their desires. They're disconnected. They've yeah. forgotten about them. They've dimmed them. But to reconnect and come back and actually bring those dreams to life, to bring them back into life and breathe life into them. So, of course, it's an ever-unfolding, Bruce, as you know. It's an ever-unfolding and it's an ever-understanding of self and reconnection. So, But in that three months, there is, there is, there is big transformation and that is my intention and that is my commitment in holding space for them to step in and actually really embody this, what it feels like and what it is like and how that is expressed to live as a wholehearted woman. So there is, it's a very intense container for those 90 days. Um, And yeah, I I don't work with anyone who's not deeply committed and who hasn't already (laughs) done some work and is really at a point where they're like, I've done it, which is where I was years ago. I've done so much and yet I'm still, there's something just not right, there's something missing and that is that connection. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, how this impacts kind of the businesses and, and you know, organizations that people are leading, you know, I, I always find that that's, it's always a little trickier when, 
you know, it's it's one thing you know to do this work for yourself. Another thing when you when you are leading a company, when you are you know in that driver's seat and, and potentially impacting lots of people inside the organization. Like, what's I guess is there any differences to the process, or is there any is there anything unique you find about leaders or entrepreneurs that are in this position and going through this process and how it shapes either how they show up as leaders or how it even shapes their companies? I think it's profound because our relationship with with self is the root of all relationships. And inside businesses, people are the greatest resource. (laughs) And so when you've got somebody that's showing up, showing up what it looks like to live from authentic, that can hold space for others to step into their greatness, how's that going to translate? People are going to be engaged, more engaged. They're going to be more inspired. They're going to feel safer, safer to take some risks, which is required in business, safer to own up and fess up when they have made mistakes, knowing that they're not going to be shut down, judged, criticised. But that actually leads to great, more greatness, to more expansion of the business. So I think that absolutely this is, this is the primary reason why this work for me is I'm so passionate about because it is the root of everything and relationships are are the thing that actually cause us to enjoy life or to suffer. Yeah, not enjoy life, yeah. Yeah. What are the things that would tell you, would tell somebody that they are kind of disconnected or, or that getting more connected to themselves and, and their intuition would help them, benefit them, you know, allow them to have more impact in the world? Like what are the mm. things that you look for or what are the things that people can look for in themselves? Doubting, questioning, asking others for advice or their opinions analyzing, overanalyzing, and always needing to know, trying to work it out. Yeah, that last one is really interesting. Because I think there's, I mean, I can see like, oh, I always want to get an opinion, I want to get some advice, but needing to know, ne- needing to know someone else, like I need someone else to tell me something mm. or someone else to mm. validate something mm. is, a, is a big one, I think. Mm. I suffered from it for most of my life, so I know it very well. And that is that, that is that lack of trust. There's no trust because there's no connection with self. But I think for so many people that actually don't know that that's what it is, that really if they can come back in and they can establish and they can cultivate that relationship with themselves, they've got, they've got all the answers at their fingertips. But instead we are conditioned to look outside of ourselves, for most of us, to seek validation, to seek approval, to seek advice, to seek guidance. And this is where this whole thing is turning it back in and pointing the finger back at self and being with self and knowing thyself so well that we make the decisions that are right for us and in making those decisions that are right for us, they're right always, you know, they always for the better of, of those people that we're working with. Yeah. Yes. Fascinating. As, as a coach, I've always said that I'm, I'm never going to tell you what to do. <laughs> like, mm. I'm, I'm here to structure a conversation, to ask questions, to kind of pull out of you the answers you already know. It's just, you don't see them right now. Mm. And, you know, just help make sure you're kind of, you're really kind of pulling in all the information and all the thinking and all the ideas that you already have and just in structuring in a way that you can actually make a better decision. It can be challenging for some people because oftentimes they want to hire me where it's like, I just want you to tell me what to do. I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, A, you probably know a lot better about what's really going on in your business than I do. And B, you know, if I tell you what to do, now I'm part of the problem, right? Like I've, I've just gotten into the water with you, right? And so, you know, we have to, at the end of the day, you have to, A, you've got the better answers and you have to follow what what you really know is true and you have to you have to own that so i think it's an interesting i've kind of come at it from a business side but it's a similar kind of parallel it is absolutely and it's empowering it's empowering Mm -hmm. another to remember the power within them that's it because when we give advice we're giving advice from our own experiences from our lives from our perceptions from our thoughts our beliefs and it's 
it's certainly, it's actually, it's unhelpful. Yeah, yeah. So what does the process look like? I mean, when you work with somebody to actually help them connect, like what are, what are the phases they go through? What is the work that they do? Like how, how, does, how does this actually happen? Mm. So it is a five-step process and the first is really around looking at where they are in relation to living wholeheartedly. So looking at all the pillars of what wholeheartedness is and going through a process of deep dive exploration questions to really define where they're at and for them to acknowledge and really see where they're at. Because we can't choose something new for ourselves if we're not able to accept and and really acknowledge, you know, our current reality. And looking at also the things that are standing in the way of where they are and where they want to be and, and what, what it looks like to be, you know, to embody the wholehearted woman. The second step of the process is really all around harnessing and honouring your authentic self. So it is a deep dive into you, really, really getting. And so I take them through a lot of process in really, really knowing themselves on a, on a level that they've never known before. The next phase of the, the method is opening up to intuition and wisdom and I facilitate and show them, give them tools to connect to that and to use that on a a daily basis and moment by moment basis. And so that is something new for a lot of people because most people don't operate from their intuition and most people are afraid or they think that they don't have that connection. And when I give them the tools and I take them through these processes, they actually start to cultivate confidence to use this muscle and to cultivate and develop it. And then the next phase is about lighting themselves up. And it's it's something that a lot of women are challenged by because of the roles that they've played and the to-do list and the capacity that women have (laughs) in all areas and then to focus on something for themselves and not just, as I said, as a once-off or, you know, twice a year, but actually to choose that and to discover and rediscover and find things and explore things about themselves. Maybe they haven't for decades. And then the last phase is the embodiment And so that is tools and practices and process to really embody. What does it mean to embody the wholehearted woman? So that's in a nutshell, that's the, uh, that's the process, the method. Yeah. And how long, I mean, what what does this process typically take? Is this a a couple of weeks, a couple of months? Does this take years? What have you found in terms of helping? It's a 90 day process. Yeah. Got it. And so at the end, at the end of that, there's, there's a a marked change in the way you approach the world and the way you think about yourself and how you show up. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Huge. It is. And it does bring me to tears when I see women really changing this relationship because everything changes around them and everything that they've wanted to change, they recognize is from that internal place. Yeah. And is there any, I mean, you mentioned that you tend to work with women that have, have done work already. What are some of the prerequisites or precursors to really kind of doing this kind of work, things that it would be a good idea to, to go and do or to be prepared for? So look, all the women that I've worked with, there is there is an understanding that, you know, they've, they've delved into work inside themselves and there is an understanding of who they are. So they're, they're, they're self-aware. Yeah. They are is this what you is this what you're asking? What what types of people that I work with? Or sorry, I just want to discern this. It's kind of figuring out like what what does it take to be ready to do this kind of work, right? Are there people that are more prepared or less prepared to really kind of dig into this uh, into mm. this process? 
There's got to be a level of consciousness to this yeah. because the, the language and, and the tools that I use, there, there has to be an understanding that there is something greater than self. And so that is absolutely. For most of the women I have worked with, they have spent three or four years, two, um, two to four years of actually searching, I want to say searching for the thing that's missing. And so that might have been, most of them will have a practice of say meditation or breath work or something. So there is, but there's been a journey of self-development, but whatever it is they've been searching for has still been attached to something outside of themselves, a guru, a master, books, wisdom. So they're, they're intelligent. They're very intelligent. They've done all the work but the work hasn't kind of changed what's going on inside of them. So, yeah, that, that would probably be the that, – that would be how I would explain them. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of impacts have you seen? I mean, uh, any, any good stories or, or case studies of the kind of transformations that you've helped women achieve through this process? Mm. So I have seen – I'm just thinking about one woman in particular – her ability to not have to need validation from – so she is a very successful marketing exec and she always sought validation and, in fact, got herself into a couple of businesses where she lost everything because of this desire to, to, to be validated by others. And she has completely changed her whole business model around. She now works with conscious people in marketing and she isn't requiring the validation. She's choosing not to go into partnership with other people and her business has just gone yeah. gangbusters and she's attracted a relationship into her life which is a mirror of how she feels about herself. So she's not looking for his validation and so that has been enormous. I have also worked with a woman who was had been wanting to leave her marriage and I'm not in the I'm not in working in the space where I'm guiding people to stay or leave but yeah. she was on the precipice and had been for a very long time and in working with me she made the choice to leave the marriage and she's done it in a really graceful way yeah. and uh, and her yeah it's quite extraordinary just to see her blossom like it's like the light inside of her has come alive and she she's lit up she's lit up and it took enormous courage for this woman because she this woman was programmed so programmed to sacrifice her happiness from yeah. a very very young age so to to choose life for her was enormous and I've got goosebumps as I'm as I'm saying this because it was incredible to witness. So there's just there's two two examples, and they are life changing. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's uh, you know the work that you do is so important because ultimately it's energy and power that you know feeds everyone, right? Like mm. if if if, every, if everyone as individuals figure out how to connect with themselves and really connect with their true power and show up in a powerful way, like that elevates everyone uh, mm. in the process. So, uh, mm. you know, I really, I honor the work that you do. I appreciate it. This has been a pleasure. If, if people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get the information? They can jump onto my website, lisawinicky.com. They can contact me there. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook at Lisa Winicky. And if they want to check out my podcast, it is currently the Good News Guide. They can. I've got about thirty-five conversations, and you know they're great. They're, they'll be there forever. So, but that yeah. will be transitioning over to most likely Lisa Winicky, the Lisa Winicky Show. But it hasn't happened yet. Very good. I'll make sure that the links and <laughs> handles and everything are on the show notes here, so people can get it. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Bruce, thank you. Gorgeous conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. 
To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.